Hello everyone and welcome back to Singing for Survival, the Capoeira History Podcast. This is Desconfiado. Uh, I want to thank everyone who tuned in to the last episode on Lumpion. Um, I put a lot of research into that episode and I, I hope that you were able to learn something from it because I certainly learned a lot in the, in the process of researching it all. So what I wanted to do for this episode is do a little bit of a follow-up on... Uh, on the subject of Lampion and the Sertão, uh, and go over a couple questions that came up, not not only from people who sent them in, but also some questions that I that I had in my mind um, coming away from that episode. Um, and around all of that, of course, I want to tie in a a song that I think is uh, really relevant for what we're we're going to talk about. So this is a this is a song completely about the Sertão, about the the culture and the life in the Sertão, which is I think really crucial to understanding the the conditions around which Lampion emerges and why he was the the kind of popular folkloric hero that he was. So this is a this is a recording of my good friend Mestri Mascara at an event in Asia. Um, so let's have a listen. And then we'll talk não about it. Não me não me leve pro mar, não me leve pro mar que eu não vou, porque eu não sei nadar. Você. Não me leve pro mar, não me leve pro mar, não me leve pro mar que eu não vou, porque eu não sei nadar. Seu doutor, meu lugar é a Caatinga, região que o governo mais despreza, onde o pai de família muito reza. E a mãe de família menos xinga Onde um copo de água de moringa Vale muito dinheiro no verão Lá tem trigo de mar pra fazer pão E batata de mufas e cocada Minha roupa de couro alaranjada É a prova que eu venho do sertão Não me levo pro mar 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 I really love this song. It feels really good to listen to and to sing, and it has so much uh, 
information in it. It's a really, you know, a lot of a lot of Capoeira songs and samba songs, um, they they try to tell stories or teach lessons through allegories or um, many of them are, are, you know, a little difficult to interpret. Um, but this kind of song is just very explicitly describing life in the Sertão. Uh, and it really, when, when you look into the lyrics, especially in the verses, it really paints a, um, a, a detailed picture of what life was like uh, for those people. So the chorus of this song um, is, is saying just, don't take me to the sea because I don't know how to swim. So you know, centering ourselves in the really dry, arid, inland region of the Sertão. Um, and it it talks a lot about, you know, things that we talked about in the Sertão in the last episode, uh, where of it being very, uh, a bare existence, essentially. So if we look at one of the verses, the pool I use is a mud pit, the transportation I have is my horse, for a watch, I have only the voice of the rooster when it sings at night on its perch. Uh, my favorite hero is the cowboy. My undying or untiring idol is Lumpion. Um, my my legend is is Padre Cicero Romão. And uh, for parties, I prefer rodeos. So it's obviously it's much more fun to say in Portuguese, but. Um, but what we're talking about is a bare rural existence, which is what the reality of life was in the Sertão. And uh, I should mention also that the very last line, which is kind of the, the line that leads into the chorus after each verse, is uh, my, my, my clothes are made of tan leather, which is the proof that I come from the Sertão. And that's something we talked about where, when we went into uh, the... The, the fashion of the cangaceiro um, was head to toe in leather and it was to protect against the the, the thorny underbrush the cachiga which is also mentioned in this song um, that was kind of omnipresent in the in the sertão so I think this song gives a really nice window into life of the sertão in a way that's not um, it's not sad. It's not remorseful. It's a very upbeat song. It's it's very kind of like tongue in cheek through the whole thing, um, which I think also talks to the the resistance and the the hardened nature of the people in the Sertão, that they were they were you know subject to a very hard way of life, um, but they they took that on kind of head first. And again, I want to emphasize that I think it's important for us to get this perspective um, of life in the Sertão uh, and of what people's attitudes were there because it helps us understand why Lampion was as important as he was, um, why he was able to come to power, and why we still talk about him today. Lampion did s some really terrible things. He was a very... Um, cruel person to his enemies and he was a criminal yet the local populace did not 
see him that way. And a lot of the interpretations of him today don't see him that way. And it's the conditions of the people in the Sertão and their relationship with the government, the way they were treated, that I think leads us to this. And this is something we see not just with Lampião, but with a lot of other characters through history inside and outside of Brazil. So with that, um, I'd like to get into the couple of questions that I have here and and um, just share some things that I've picked up in the in the week since the last episode. So so one of the questions that came up was from from my brother Dave um, about what kind of special connection that Capoeira has with with Lampião, uh, or if it is just the fact that he's a symbol of resistance. And this, this was a really big question that I had in my mind while I was doing this research, because most of what I could find um, was, was talking about Lampião from the perspective of just Brazilians in general, not necessarily from a Capoeira perspective. So with, with some conversations that I, that I was able to have uh, through that research, it, it seems that it is primarily, um, primarily the, the fact that he is a symbol of resistance, as is Capoeira uh, in Brazilian culture, but also that there's a lot of crossover between, between different cultural uh, uh, cultural expressions within Brazil, and this isn't unique to Brazil. Um, there, there's plenty of instances of of kind of crosstalk between cultures and in, in other regions. Um, but if we want to focus in on what how we see it in Brazil, you can you can even see it in 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 football in, in soccer. So a fundamental aspect of capoeira is the jenga. The jinga is the the sway. It's the dance. It's where all the movements in capoeira come from. It's the really found. It's the it's the base that we build the foundation of capoeira on top of. And um, Brazilian soccer players and soccer teams also talk about the way that they play soccer uh, in terms of the jinga. Uh, Pele, in particular, in plenty of interviews. Uh, explicitly talks about Jenga in his in his way of playing soccer and in in the Brazilian team's way of playing it. Uh, so there's clearly, you know, some sort of cultural mixing between uh, between those between those different sports between soccer between capoeira. So it makes sense that there'd also be mixing of other cultural aspects, especially a figure as important as Lampion was. Um, which I mean, you can see from the the depictions that exist today. So my 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 brother's girlfriend uh, Laís, uh, who comes from João Pessoa, told me that when when she was a kid going up through public school, um, they they would dress up as Lampião and Maria Bonita going into school someday, uh, like one day a year. Um, so it's clearly a persistent symbol, even to today. So something that's that present in Brazilian culture, it would make sense would have some some bleed over between the the different activities. Um, 
in addition to that, you, you kind of see the same thing in, in Samba. So Samba is everywhere. There's, there's specific Sambas to region. There's specific Sambas to, um, to activities. And Capoeira has Samba as well. And it's, it's this like shared aspect of culture that we see across these different activities. So that, that's kind of the reason why um, Lumpion is also important in Capoeira. I know it's not a really definitive answer, but it's more just um, Lumpion is a symbol of Brazilian resistance, as is Capoeira. So Capoeira absorbs him um, into, that, into that sphere. So another question that comes from my brother is what happened to Kangasu after the death of Lampion? And, and this, was, this was a really good question um, because Lampion is clearly the most influential person uh, in Kangasu and we don't really hear much about it after his death. And from what I can find... Lumpion's death essentially signaled the the decline um, of the of that practice of banditry. So, one of Lumpion's lieutenants, Corisco, uh, tried to take over the position as head of his bandit gang uh, after Lumpion's death, and he he did this for about two years. However, he wasn't really the leader that Lumpion was, uh, so. It, the, the band just continued to decline um, while Corisco was in charge. And in, in March of 1940, um, the, the Volanches, the, the state authorities, then fought with Corisco and the, the remainder of the band, um, which seriously wounded him uh, and eventually led to his death in a hospital. So, with the death of Lampion and then subsequently the death of Kukurisco, um, the the Kangaseru band essentially dissolved. So I think it's I think it's fair to say that the death of Lampion signaled the end of uh, of the uh, at, maybe not the end, but at least the steep decline of um, of Kangaserus as a practice. So the last thing I want to share today was something that I kind of stumbled upon when I was looking through some some primary documents. Um, it was a magazine that was popularized around the late 70s and early 80s that was named after Lumpion. The magazine itself uh, was called uh, Lumpion da Esquina, um, though it was supposed to be a bit of a, a tongue-in-cheek reference to to Lumpion himself. So what's interesting here is this magazine was was focused on uh, and became the foundation of the gay rights movement within Brazil. So Lampion was was referenced here because he's often considered a very hyper-masculine hero in in Brazilian uh, cultural history. So this uh, this magazine took on his name um, 
as they pushed for the the rights of at least at first primarily gay men in Brazil uh, and this publication eventually led to the form- formation of uh, Somos which was a group of um, uh, or a group pushing for homosexual rights in in Brazil uh, it was their first gay and lesbian rights organization in Sao Paulo and this also uh, encourage the formation of other groups throughout the country. So I, I just thought that was an interesting thing to find as I was doing my research and, and wanted to share it with you uh, with you all here. So that that concludes um, the questions and, and things I wanted to share, uh, including that that really, really nice song uh, for for today's episode. Again, if you still have questions about Lumpiao or even Zumbi, feel free to always send them to me. My, my email is in the description. Um, I'm more than happy to go back and fill in gaps um, or look at things that I may have missed along the way. As I go forward with this podcast, um, I'm realizing that uploading you know once a week or even once every other week is really not practical just for the fact that um, it really takes a lot of research in order to um, address these topics in a way that I feel is satisfactory so for the next uh, for the next two episodes and I'm not sure which one is going to come first uh, I'm going to be looking into present-day Quilombos in Brazil um, and I'm also going to be looking into Dandara um, so we'll see which one comes first, but it's going to take a little bit for me to finish, um, really answering all of the questions that I have before I'm ready to present it to everyone here. So stay tuned for these two. Um, I'm really, really looking forward to, uh, to releasing both of them, uh, because I think we can have a lot of really good discussions, um, both about the conditions in present day Quilombos how they're being treated by the the current government of Brazil, uh, and then looking at our other topic, um, I think talking about how we value um, Dandara in the history of of the Quilombos of Brazil of Capoeira um, is really important, uh, especially um, when you compare how um, how black women are often treated. Uh, compared to to men as historical figures. So I think we have a lot of interesting discussions to come. I really hope you all stay tuned. Um, and as always, feel free to send me emails with suggestions, questions, or comments. Um, with that, thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Não me leve fumar, não me leve fumar, não me leve fumar que eu não vou, porque eu não sei.
que eu não sei nadar. 